You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. You can find more interviews and features at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. It smells so good. That's Dylan Peterson for Chirp Radio at the Metro in Chicago with Jens Lechman. He's about to play a show tonight. I'm so excited for it. Are you excited? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Last time you played a show here, I was at the show at Lincoln Hall where you were solo, and that show was very special. It was a historic night. Uh, The Cubs won the World Series for the first time in like forever, and you happen to be in Chicago for this. Uh, did you participate in any of the revelry that night? It was it was it was funny. I, I was uh, I had actually specifically asked my booking agent uh, because he wanted to book me on election night, and I said, "Can you please book me on a night when nothing happens in Chicago?" Uh, because I don't think it would be a good idea to do it on election night. People will be too busy looking at their phones and, you know, their minds will be elsewhere. And he was like, okay, how about this night? And, uh, yeah, then that happened. <laughs> I think we just, we finished the show. We, we basically ran out to a cab with our stuff and just rushed to the hotel while mayhem just started happening around us. I just remember some half-naked people running by us, throwing things, and, and yeah. At Bobak School, there is a 3D printer, and he prints out a model of the tumor that was surgically removed from his back this winter. And it's rugged gray plastic, it looks lunar. He puts a tumor in his breast pocket. As we head out for a beer It's been a long, hard year For a friend who's not sure if he's close enough To be allowed to care Or just be there To include you in his evening prayer And that was a special night for me Just because I got to hear some of your new songs for the first time And immediately, you know, the first time I, I heard songs from Life Will See You Now, before I knew that it was called Life Will See You Now. They were very impactful. Um, they're beautiful songs, and uh, as all of your songs are, but they're also uh, very funny. I like that about your live shows. There's, especially if people don't know the songs they're about to see yet, there's real laughter that happens. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, most of my best songs have started with... Uh, some sort of, not necessarily a joke, but maybe something that I find uh, funny or just an image or a situation or, or something like, like a story. Most of my songs, they, they start with some sort of image that I find that, that makes me giggle a little bit. Uh, the idea of someone printing out a tumor with a 3D printer I mean, that, that's, that's usually how they start, and then I start building the story around that. Now, these images, these are mostly things that are real, that really happened to you in your life? Um, on the new record, not so much, actually. 
it's it's more i mean all the songs are emotionally autobiographical in that i I wouldn't write about something that I haven't experienced, but the way they're constructed, I actually became more and more fascinated with just writing fiction this time um because well for one reason i I wanted to use my imagination more, and I also wanted to protect the people around me a little bit more. Also, maybe my life is more boring these days and I <laughs> I just have to make things up. I don't know. But but for example, with that song, Evening Prayer, where uh, about a guy printing out a, a 3D image of a, a 3D printed Im- image of a tumor, I read about um, a surgeon who was doing that in order to prepare for surgery to remove a tumor. He printed out the tumor as a, a plastic object um, to study it. And, and I just thought, what a, what a great idea to, to deal with a fear and, and something so abstract and, and, and uh, terrifying as a tumor to do that and, and, then, and then, you know, to, to a little plastic object that you could just put in your breast pocket. Um, and at the time, I, was, I, was, I had a lot of friends who were going through chemotherapy and I was worried about them and there were all these emotions in me. And so that's how that story took, took shape. Uh, I mean, that's about all these friends that I have had that have been going through this and, and, and my emotions around that time. Um, but the story took shape around that image of this one person printing out the tumor. Nonfiction versus fiction, where is that line even drawn? For a while I was trying to write myself out of my songs and to sort of write from, um, what's it called, like like an all-knowing narrative voice or something like that, and and to make myself a a character that was uh, like a side character. Uh, But I, I came to a point where I realized that by uh, removing myself from my songs, even putting myself in third person, I was I was making it harder t- for for listeners to be emotionally invest- invested in the songs, because I think as a as a songwriter uh, and as a singer, you establish a voice. When people go to a Jens Lekman concert, they wanna they wanna hear about what's what Jens Lekman has been up to. I think. I can be, you know, crying sad tears and happy tears at the same time from one of your songs, which I don't know how you manage this, <laughs> but it's wonderful. And um, is the process of of co- accomplishing that dichotomy, if you will, 
is it a lot of work? It, it sounds so very easy to me when I listen to it. Like this song has just been waiting to be, you know, plucked from a tree and Jens just found it. Mm. Or are these things, are you searching deeply for them? Oh yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work. I know what love isn't, which is a record that I that I've found to, I found some sort of new pride in that record. I've I've always liked it, but it did have a problem that at that time in my life I was quite cynical about things, about love especially, and that came through in that record. And I had a really hard time to to find that. Like I I feel like as a songwriter that I have a responsibility to not to just not just dump a bunch of darkness on people and then leave it with them. I, I feel like I always have to leave a little exit sign, you know, and, and, or just some sort of motion forward, some sort of light in the end of the tunnel. For example, I think Dandelion Seed, the last song on the record, was a song I, I struggled with for a long time because it felt so... Um, like like it just sounded so sad. The song is the, the song takes place during the just the hours before a storm hits Gothenburg, and the main character is is uh, is stocking up on on water and candles and and being a good prepper, and uh, and in the end I just felt it was necessary for the main character to to turn around and walk towards the storm and and embrace the beauty in that, to uh, to symbolically somehow you know open up some sort of light in the end of the tunnel or a path forward or something to give a little bit of hope in all of it. Did becoming a wedding singer have any impact on your cynicism about love? The, the, my wedding singer career has been almost like a, like a window. It's it, it sort of shown my, me uh, how, I, how I look upon love and relationships and all that there was a, a time when i was playing at weddings when i was just like i'm only doing this for the money i'm only doing this to to stay afloat and i don't care about these things um and there was a, a time when i was you know more like in doing some sort of research investigating how i felt about long-term relationships and and, uh, you know, when I was cynical about it, that, that was a point in my life when I was very cynical about love and relationships. And um, I'm going to write a book about this someday because that, there's so many stories from these weddings that no one has any idea about because those stories are just in those, you know, isolated events, these weddings. There's a lot of people, when they request songs, they sometimes ask for really, really sad songs. And I go, are you sure you want maple leaves at your wedding? You know what that song is about. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's about a breakup and it's a horribly sad song. And I'm like, why do you want to hear that at your wedding? And they say, because, you know, we want to acknowledge that side of love too. And it hasn't been an easy way to get here. And there's probably a lot of people at this wedding who are completely cynical about things and don't want to hear a bunch of, you know... Uh, cheesy, romantic, stupid love songs. They want to hear that side of it too. You know, they want to, That's what they want to dance to. I, I think that's. I think that's awesome. It is, and the probably the line that stuck out to me the most in your latest album was, "And later that night, um, I sang you are the lights, and we all danced and got drunk." Because mm, yeah. that's that's the idea, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is this where the world ends? Or is it where it's beginning? 
scratch kiss. A 15 year old watching the 20 year olds chain smoking. 20 year old watching the 30 year olds vanishing. You have said that as we get older, we lose our punk rock heroes and then we more replace them. We replace them with the characters from Seinfeld. This is my point of view that when I when I when I turned thirty or I guess thirty three or something like that, I I felt like where are my role models right now? Who am I? Where where do I look for guidance in this time of my life? And I didn't find anything about that age really. There were a couple of movies, um, but and and then there were a couple of like sitcoms, but they all showed really pathetic people I thought and I was like where are my Ramones right now where are the people who will guide me forward and and are you know not making fun of this time in your life and and not just being being sad about it I mean who can I who can I look to right now um I mean that that's one of the reasons I made this record that's one of the reasons I felt like it was important for me to to write about where I was, and and uh, instead of instead of looking back to my youth or uh, inventing a world of my own or something, I felt like it was important to write about where I was right now and the people around me right now, um, because there needed to be a bit more about this time in your life. Yeah. Oh, and so now instead of looking for that leader, you became the leader. So now you. Uh, are the 36-year-old <laughs> letting me know that, Dylan, it's okay. It's okay. We're, we're in our 30s, but it's all right. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much, Jens. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> Thank you. Jens Lechman, my goodness. Thank you so much for talking to Chirp Radio today. Thank you. Dylan Peterson for Chirp Radio. You can find this and other Chirp Radio interviews and podcasts at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.